You're listening to Once, episode 274, Changeling's Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron, And we have just watched this episode, Changelings. Now, I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving if you celebrated that in the United States, and that if you did anything with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, any of that stuff, I hope with all of our hearts and sincerity that you did not tear yourselves apart. <laughs> Every time you say that, I just laugh. I had to get it in early this time because I'm not sure if I could fit it in anywhere else. But we have just seen this episode, so we will be a bit all over the place with our initial reactions and thoughts on this episode. And Aaron, how did you feel about this episode overall? It kind of got better toward the end. There were definitely some, some heartbreaking moments that were very well executed. But yeah, the consensus in the chat even was, you know, I heard, I saw words like unsupervised, a little lost, post-holiday feeling. And I thought maybe it was just me because it was a Rumbell episode and I'm definitely not the biggest fan of them or of any of their episodes. So, but it seems like maybe it was an overall feeling with, with the fandom in general. This was very much the Squid Ink episode. Literally. <laughs> it, it was like the star of the episode. It definitely was. And I just keep thinking every time, like, that stuff was so hard to get in season two. Yeah. Yeah, season two B, A and B. But now it's just like, it's grown on trees. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. And apparently even dry squid ink works differently than fresh, wet squid ink. Okay. But nonetheless, I think that, yeah, this episode was a little bit mixed to me as well, that there were some really cool things, some uh, really kind of things. I have to wonder how much was left on the editing floor or how much did they have to rush in certain ways. Uh, yeah, a bit mixed, but nonetheless, some cool things like we finally get to see and meet the Dark Fairy. We heard about the Dark Fairy originally back in season three, I think was the first time that we heard about the Dark Fairy, and that's when they needed the Dark Fairy's wand. They had the wand, or, or the uh, Blue Fairy had hidden the wand, and they needed it, but the shadow had ripped out Blue Fairy's shadow, and it was after all of that happened, and they burned the coconut with the lime and all of that stuff, and then the shadows came back, and then Blue Fairy said, oh, you need the Dark Fairy's wand? Well, here it is. That's kind of all we knew about the Dark Fairy. But, wow, she's Rumpel's mother? Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of not what I was expecting at all. And then it made me think, is this why he's wanted a baby all the time? Like, has he always been trying to get a baby so that he could call her and, like, kind of bribe her? But then I realized that the baby thing with him has kind of gone past that. Like he's continued to ask for people's firstborns even after this would have taken place in the timeline. So is he just trying to be like her or he realizes the the value of them? It's it's very confusing. It's a very confused relationship. Uh, with the timeline, I believe this is 
yeah, this would be, well, yeah, clearly this is before the Cinderella incident, but he needed that baby, maybe not because of anything he planned in the Enchanted Forest, but because of everything that he was doing for the curse and then wanting to have leverage over Emma in some point. That's true. Maybe just his obsession with finding the baby to find her led him to realize how valuable that air quote good was for him to to barter in. Yeah, I was wondering what kind of potion or spell he was going to whip up with the baby. Because remember, you'd be surprised how many spells there are that call for newborns. (laughs) And I'm sure that we have just scratched the surface in this series. I really think that the Dark Fairy will be someone we'll see again, because being Rumpel's mother, you just think you can't have a character that important appear on the show and then never appear ever again. I agree. And I wonder if we're going to see her again in the context of wherever Blue Fairy has taken the baby, because Dark Fairies seem to be summoned from somewhere. And so I wonder if she's living in some fairy place where that could be where Blue has decided to hide out with baby Gideon. Well, you know, at some point, I think it was in season three, they said that all fairies came from Neverland. Remember that uh, Rumpel, young child Rumpel was climbing the tree looking for a fairy. And uh, remember who else was the sole occupant originally of Wonderland was the shadow, dark fairy shadow. Hey, maybe they're going out together. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought at the end of this episode, when the baby was born, Gideon, I thought what Belle was going to do is have Blue Fairy summon the Dark Fairy again and give the Dark Fairy to Rumpel, because that would seem like the only person that Rumpel would not go to see ever again or would not dare to venture near. Yeah, I wondered about that, too. I, I think I support this decision a little bit better. Except I'm just curious if it's so easy for Blue to just poof out of Storybrooke. Why hasn't she done that yet? (laughs) Well, she flew. And we don't know exactly where she went. Just that it's somewhere. Somewhere away from Storybrooke, away from Rumpel. So are the skies kind of like the waters where they can kind of travel from world to world, just not on land? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. This this is when it gets into asking a lot of questions. and <laughs> That we're not going to get any answers to. <laughs> yeah. Squidding. As you know. Just your questions are pointless. <laughs> but the baby is not named Morpheus, named instead Gideon. What did you think of that? I liked that. I thought it was a really endearing sentiment that Belle used the character in the book that her mother used to read to her. And it's the book that she said made her know that she could be this type of strong woman that she is. And it's probably a name that Rumpel's not going to figure out when he's looking for the baby. So I really liked that. And we do know names are very powerful and are keys to uh, Rumpel's being able to find people and, and have some kind of control over them. But you know who has very powerful names? People who we do know how to find, and we know them by their names because they are 
our heroes. For this episode, I want to thank our heroes, Lisa Slack, Lisa R., and our 26 heroes on Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. We couldn't do this without you. You are like the kind fairy who comes and grants our wishes, takes us to the ball, puts us in pretty dresses or pretty uh, whatever, tuxedos or something. You (laughs) are an amazing person. You even protect us from the forces of darkness. Yes, our heroes are that powerful. Thank you very much for supporting this podcast. If you would like to be a hero, or maybe it's been a little while since you've been a hero, or you want to up your hero ship to the podcast, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. Going back to the conversation about babies, that baby that Rumpel had back in the flashbacks, I knew very little about this episode until the day of. One thing I did know about this episode is that actress Tammy Gillis would be appearing in it. And the reason I know that is because her agent contacted us saying, hey, would you be interested in interviewing Tammy Gillis? Which, by the way, agents, that's a great thing to do. Contact the podcasters who podcast about the TV show your cast member is in and see if you can arrange an interview. Fantastic. So if any of the other cast for Once Upon a Time are listening, get your agents to contact us or the other Once Upon a Time podcast. Or if you are an agent representing someone in Once Upon a Time, then please definitely contact us like Tammy Gillis's agent did. And Tammy Gillis, you're probably wondering, who are we talking about? And how does this tie in with the baby? Tammy Gillis played the mother of the baby named Jill. And her husband was named Jack. So we have Jack and Jill right there in Once Upon a Time. We don't really get to hear from them, so that that was a little bit of a bummer. But we will get the opportunity to interview Tammy Gillis. So if you have some questions, please get those to us as soon as possible before Tuesday afternoon, November 29th, because that's about when we'll be interviewing Tammy. We'll have a short little interview with her and try and get that interview out to you before our next upcoming full discussion episode. So a nice little bonus exclusive interview with Tammy Gillis. And we'll ask her some fun questions about what it's like to jump into this show that's had several seasons of history behind it and maybe find out a little bit more about what might have been filmed that we didn't get to see with Jack and Jill and and maybe their pail of water or anything like that. But if you have some suggestions for questions, feel free to send those to us. Our contact information is in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 274. And please try to avoid the questions that could be answered with a yes or no. Like, was it fun getting to work with Robert Carlyle? Yes. Okay, next question. Try and avoid that kind of stuff and also realize we can't ask any kind of spoiler questions. So send us your suggestions for questions. Send those suggestions as quickly as possible. And we look forward to interviewing Tammy Gillis in an upcoming little episode, a bonus episode that we'll put out on the feed for you. So watch for that. Get to enjoy that interview that we have with her. Now, coming back to another mother in this episode, Zelina, this this seemed like a missed opportunity for Zelina and Regina to finally make things right. I mean, they had this great conversation about forgiveness, but then Regina, come on, Regina, with all of that maturing you did, and you say something like, I can't forgive you. No, there's nothing that separates someone from someone else as being forgivable or unforgivable. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not measured by anything the person did. It's really based on who is doing the forgiving. So I think Zelina is forgivable. And I thought we would get to see them repair this relationship. 
I think that saving her life is definitely a big step. And even if Regina is convinced that she has not forgiven Zelina, there might be more forgiveness in her heart than she actually realizes. But Zelina has been double-crossing her this entire season so far. And I, I think that I know that you don't necessarily earn forgiveness because when you give forgiveness to another person, it's actually kind of a selfish act because forgiveness is really, or unforgiveness is just hurting you. But I liked that they had that conversation and I think that it might lead to more repairing of their relationship down the road because it's out there now. It's out in the open versus Regina just holding on to all of that. And if we were to learn that Zelina had secretly been playing double agent, I think that would have come up in this conversation. That it didn't makes me think that Zelina wasn't playing double agent, unless it's something that just Zelina decided not to mention at this point, and she'll say that in the next episode or so. I think Zelina, like all the villains in this show, is just going to take the best offer that comes at the most convenient time. And so it's not even necessarily personal against Regina. She's just going with who's offering her some type of bargain or protection or something that she needs at the time. She doesn't seem to have a lot of loyalty to anybody. Yeah, and at least this time she knows that Evil Queen doesn't have loyalty to her because it did seem like Evil Queen was totally willing to kill Zelina until Regina came and started crushing their heart, the heart they share, which... That was a bold move, Regina. Really cool to see that. I really liked that. And I really liked what uh, Regina said to the evil queen. You still have a hole in your heart just like I had when I came here. And you're so desperate to fill it that you actually believe him. Like you actually can't see that Rumpelstiltskin is just playing the same games that he always has. And it made me think a lot of um, the line in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix when Harry said, you're the weak one to Voldemort because he said, you're never going to know love or friendship. And I feel sorry for you because that's kind of the thing that separates villains from heroes is that heroes have that and villains don't because they won't let themselves have that because it's kind of, it shows weakness Mm -hmm. to them. And speaking of weakness, Rumpel definitely still has that weakness for magic and manipulation. It was nice to see that after that that little speech from Belle saying, you'll lose me forever, basically saying, are you really willing to do that? Is is that a price you're willing to pay? And Rumpel walking away told me, no, he's not willing to lose her forever. But... And then... Yeah, then all of that happens, which was not at his doing. So that's nice to know. Uh, and, and apparently, if you're pregnant, don't eat anything from Granny's. <laughs> don't drink the tea, don't eat onion rings, nothing But from it grannies. soothes the soul. <laughs> <laughs> soothes the soul and speeds the pregnancy. We got to see a little bit more of Emma's vision. And I wonder if this is the way they're going to play this out. Like when you look at this, the way they're developing this season is really interesting to me. I feel like they've not done any other seasons this way before. Because it feels like there are several threads of storylines in this season, and we're getting little bits of each one of them. And one of those little bits was seeing the sword that kills Emma, and then her finding the sword, and and that whole Emma Savior Shakes thread that we get to follow. And I wonder if that thread is going to be kind of the entire season arc versus 
they've kind of been doing it so that things like that are wrapped up within the half of the season. And then we have the long hiatus and then we have a new story arc. And it kind of seems like they might be pulling this one for the long run. It might be a full season arc versus it's going to wrap up in the next two weeks. See, I actually feel the other way. I feel like uh, since we have only one more episode before the winter hiatus, so keep that in mind, the episode that airs on Sunday, December 4th is the last one for this season and for this year. It'll be back in probably March 2017 with the rest of the season. Uh, But I feel like now that they have the sword, that it could be the next episode that we get to see this play out in some way or maybe in some significant cliffhanger connected with this specific thing. So do you think that they're also going to wrap up the evil queen and Regina being separate and Rumpel finding Gideon in the (laughs) next episode? Because it just seems like that's a lot. And this is the one we have the least information about. Right. Yeah, that's true. So they do have other things that they could wrap up more nicely, as well as uh, Aladdin and Jasmine. That could be, well, okay. I don't know what they could wrap up in the one episode left before the winter hiatus. They they may not even wrap anything up. They don't have to. Uh, They will leave us with a cliffhanger, most likely. They, They always want to do that because they want to leave us with something that will make us want to come back and that leaves us just hungry to know what happens. And they, they always do that. So there will be something like that. What that is really, I guess any one of these things could be it. Any one of these things could be wrapped up or not wrapped up. I hope that they don't just send. So now Aladdin's a genie and they made a big, huge deal out of that, but all she like she's the one in control of him. So all she has to do is use two wishes to fight their battle and then free, wish him free. Which I know it doesn't always work that way because the wishes always come with a with a consequence. But I hope they don't just say, "Okay, well, we're going back to Agrabah now. Bye," and just kind of get sent to Forgotten Character Island because they've done that exact same thing with even, in my opinion, bigger story arcs, and so. My hope is that they they didn't just bring them in for for nothing, basically. Yeah. And we do have that Aladdin becoming the genie part, too, which that was cool. (laughs) Funny to hear that clunk of the bracelets coming out of the bottle instead of a genie. But so now Aladdin is a genie. So it wasn't Jafar that was the genie in there. I think that would have been great. I was expecting that. I was thinking, okay, here comes the next villain that this is the cliffhanger and this is going to lead us into the cliffhanger. It's a pair of bracelets. (laughs) Stylish bracelets. But as both a former savior, he's not the savior anymore, but a former savior and a genie, I wonder what Aladdin can do with that kind of power. Well, technically he is just serving his master, correct? Yeah, true. Uh, I wonder if he's going to have some information about the sword or if they're even going to think to ask him. Because it seems like he would be a good person to ask about that sword. The sword that looks eerily similar to Excalibur, but is not Excalibur. (laughs) What I'm thinking does not happen, but I kind of feel like by my saying, oh, this couldn't happen, means this is probably going to be what happens, is that Aladdin is somehow the one 
that Emma is battling because of some wish that Jasmine makes or someone who has control of the lamp makes some kind of wish that goes in the wrong direction, backfires in some way, or maybe they wish Emma dead. And that's what happens. I really don't want to see that's the direction they go, but I'll just put that out there that that could be a horrible direction they go. To kind of to kind of like build on that, I had mentioned a couple weeks ago that I wondered if Emma was battling her price of magic. And I still kind of think that that might be the idea, especially now that she has the sword that is going to be used to stab her or in theory will be used to stab her. Because you would think that somebody's price of magic would manifest of them. But something just that I thought of while you were saying that is that genies are kind of bound to the laws of magic as we learned, we learned more about that in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, where the genies were created because, you know, they took this water and it's way more complicated and it's a whole season, but they're bound by the laws of magic. And so even if if it is Aladdin that is fighting Emma, it could still be her price of magic. And it mm. could be that he's having to rectify all of this magic that she's used without paying any price. Or it could be Emma battling Emma because now she has the sword that stabs someone that looks like Emma. Yeah. But if it's Emma, like, do you think maybe she gets separated from herself? It could be something like that. Maybe this is what happens when the shears of destiny are used and maybe they'll get used on Emma and it splits her savior self from her non-savior self. And one of the two kills the other one. And that's the process of not becoming the savior. Because remember, Hyde did say something like, this is what happens to saviors. So it yeah. seems like he's a little bit familiar with what is in the vision, which seems like this is just the savior thing that happens. They have this kind of vision of being killed by some dark figure and, and who knows? Or maybe it's maybe it's the dark fairy. Rumpel's mom comes and says, you really messed up my son's family, and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Emma, it's been a recurring theme, much like Regina has always been battling Evil Queen throughout the series, and Rumpel has always been battling the darkness throughout the series. Emma has always had that kind of duality in her as well, and they've used it several times as a main story arc, which was in season one. It was like Emma from our world kind of battling this Emma that wants to believe in this fairy tale world and coming to terms with that. And then they used it when Emma was battling the air quote, greatest potential for darkness that was in her. And then again, last season when she was battling the dark one, that was her. So that I like that idea that it's Emma battling Emma in some way. We'll see. And I think that we will at least get a little bit more of the vision in the next episode since she has the sword, but we'll see. So we want to hear from you. These are and were just our initial reactions. Please send us your thoughts and theories on this episode and what is upcoming. Our contact information is in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 274. That's also where you can go to share this episode out with others. If you enjoy the podcast, sharing it with others and getting others to listen is one of the best ways, is really the best way that you can support the podcast. So please go to oncepodcast.com slash 274 
to share this episode out and follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast and each of us individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. We'll be back for our upcoming full discussion and keep an ear out for our interview with Tammy Gillis. That'll be fun. Send us your questions and suggestions over there. And until next time, remember, I play a very long game and you are nothing more than one of my pawns. But thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you would like to be a hero to the podcast too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.